Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. love you so much. Today we're going to continue the series, How It's Meant to Be. How It's Meant to Be. Got started a couple weeks ago on a Sunday, and it's a series about the family. And you just confessed that with me. You said, I'm God's masterpiece. Well, it's amazing because God created you, man and woman, in his image. And then, after his ultimate creation of you, God created the family immediately following because he gave Eve to Adam. And I know that, man, Adam would have never been complete without Eve. I know I'd never be complete without my wife. But at the same time, some of you are like, I'm not going to get married again, or I'm believing God for the right one, or whatever it is. I'm going to tell you this right now, and somebody needs to hear this in this house. You are complete in God because you are God's masterpiece. Now, God created the family as his masterpiece because the family is composed of all these people made in his image. Somebody say amen again, right? So the family is God's creative masterpiece, but some of you are like, Pastor Matt, you don't know the kind of family I grew up in. Man, there was abuse, there was alcohol abuse, there was verbal abuse and other stuff, or sexual abuse, or man, it was just a mess, or I didn't know mom or dad or whatever. Guess what? You are part of the family of God now. There's nothing like the family, but I'm going to go and take that to another level. There's nothing like the family of God. Because now, regardless of color or race or hair type, You got an afro or you got no hair, you got long hair, or you got gray hair or black hair or pink hair. Man, I've seen some folks lately, there's some crazy colored hair, but they have hair, praise God. Man, we're all part of the family of God once we accept Jesus. His blood has reconciled us to God, and now we're all part of the family of God. And that's all of you today. You are part of the family of God. Somebody say, I am part of the family of God. Yes, you are, and so am I. And that's powerful. Now, family can be challenging. <laughs> There's a few said, amen. I, I know that's right. Family can be challenging. Even in the kingdom of God, you say, man, I, we're, we're family. We all serve God, but man, it's tough. And then sometimes families are tougher because there's just a few serving God in the family or you're serving God and you get around your biological family. They give you a hard time. They offer you alcohol. They laugh at you. They come on, holy roller, and this and that. Who knows the dynamic of it? But I'll tell you this right now. God had a plan for the family. And if what I'm mentioning today does not relate to the family you were brought up in or the family you're part of now, a biological family, congratulations, you are part of the family of God. And we will, we will propagate God's love and God's family throughout the earth. That has always been his will through the family of God, okay? The family of God. So we began this a couple weeks ago, and we see that, number one, family is God's creative masterpiece. People made in his image, living together, serving God together, growing together, laughing, straining, fighting sometimes, making amends, relaxing, learning, forgiving, hoping, believing, eating, talking, being around each other, going on family trips, hopefully. Wow, God's first institution after creating humans so important god created eve for adam he created them in his image the family god's creative masterpiece i have so many good memories of family growing up i know not everybody had a family like ours and we weren't perfect there are lots of things we did right and lots of things we had to learn from our mistakes right who in here has had to learn from their mistakes sometimes 
Some of you are like, I learned this. Yeah, I had one or two times this week. I went, not going to do that again. I learned. I'll remember that. I won't do that again. We learn. Growing up, man, we did things that irritated each other. We did things that embarrassed each other. But man, I was blessed because I know that the, the enemy wants to attack family. If he can attack your image of your dad, and his dad didn't do a good job, then the devil tries to lie to us and say, your earthly father didn't do a good job, so your heavenly father's not going to do a good job. And that's a lie. You may have had a great heavenly father. You may not have had a great heavenly father or didn't know him or there's issues there or whatever, but you've been adopted now. Somebody say adopted into the family of God. <clears throat> I'm blessed because in so many ways my dad was always available. He was always a hard worker as a pastor, and he'd do stuff on the side as well. But I remember one time I was at school. I was in third grade. I was in Ms. Bryan's class in Denver City, Texas. And we were drinking milk at lunch. And my friend, his name was Tim. I could still see his face. He had blonde hair. And he said, it, it was, I guess it was nearing Halloween. So somebody told a joke, and I've always loved corny jokes. So somebody said, you know, around Halloween, what kind of manners do you have or something? Or what, no, what kind of manners does Dracula have? And somebody goes, bat manners. I'll never forget that. And I went, bat manners. So I started flapping my, I was going to say my wings, but they weren't my wings. They were arms. And I started flapping them like wings saying, bat manners. Well, guess what? I knocked over my milk. And you know, of course, the milk just had to fall right here. Y'all still with me? So I went, oh, no, everybody's going to think I peed my pants. <laughs> Y'all already knew where this was heading, huh? <clears throat> I was mortified. I said, oh, my gosh. So we get back to the classroom. I told the teacher, Ms. Bryan, I guess they called the office through the intercom. Dad showed up. Well, Dad was great. He took time out of his day. He was busy. He showed up. And <laughs> I'll never forget this. I can still see a young, handsome Fabian Senna standing at the door of my third grade classroom, you had black, jet black hair. But dad, when, when she opened the door, I'll never forget this. You know, parents are awesome. But dad embarrassed me that day. He didn't even know, but he's there to help me. And he's standing at the door. When she opens the door, he's standing at the door like an outlaw, holding a stack of pants like that. I'll never forget that. I went, whoa, I'm like, let me get to the door. Let's close it. All right, let's go outside. So I got out there and dad said, oh, what happened? I said, I, I I had bat manners, right? No, I don't know what I told him. I said I spilled milk on myself. And he, we're walking to the restroom, and Dad brought a bunch of pants, man. A true dad, true dad. And he goes, and I'm like, Dad, those, those are high waters. I remember there was a brown pair of jeans, and those are too tight for school. So those must be play clothes, right? They're high and tight. I'm like, ah. So we looked, and then finally we looked at each other, and Dad looked at me, and he goes, well, you're already dry. And I said, you're right. He goes, you don't want any of these? I go, no, sir. And he goes, all right, that's all right. Okay, go back to class. Love you. Bye. You know, so I didn't even end up changing. And by then it didn't matter. It was dry. But dad was there. Dad was there. And I remember mom going with me to high school. I don't know if this is strange to y'all, but mom went with me to high school to meet my teachers my senior year. Maybe some of y'all's moms did. My parents were up in my business, man. They were. God bless them, and I'm so relieved now because I would have wound up in trouble. But I remember mom went, and she here's this little five-foot-three little thing, and she's looking up at my teachers going, you tell me, is he acting right? I know he's the life of the party, so 
and calling me out in front of them. I'm like, Mom, I, no, Mom, you don't, don't encourage them. Don't encourage them. Come on, Mom. But I, I have all these wonderful memories of Mom and Dad and us solving conflict and getting through stuff, but I have such good memories. And I know not everybody's memories are like that, but I have exciting news for you today. Being part of the local church is being part of the family of God, and you can create new memories with your family here. You can serve, you can help, you can come to church, you can laugh, you can have folks pray for you. You can just be part of the family of God. And you know what? God is just reminding me. I just reminded myself of this. I got a text from Charlie Mendoza today. Um, they started him on chemo again Friday. He was there all day doing chemo. So um, we're not one of those type folks to say, we'll just be praying. Now, we'll, we'll just pray right now. He, he texted me, he said, Pastor Matt, I'm, I'm very nauseous this morning, so that's why he's not here. Let's agree right now for Charlie Mendoza and his wife, Connie, as well. Father, in Jesus' name, we believe for a miracle in, in Charlie's life, God. He is cancer-free right now. However you got to do it, God, we trust you and we thank you. The blood of Jesus over Charlie and his wife, Connie. He's going through it, but God, when they're a couple, they're both going through it. Now we leave this in your hands, and we trust you, God. Jesus told the leper, I am willing to heal you. Be healed. Now we believe that right now, and we thank you. And we also pray for Sister Rose, God, who's at the Heart Hospital in Lubbock. In Jesus' name, the blood of the Lamb is over her. Heal her, and God, give her a new lease on life. In Jesus' name, we believe today. In Jesus' name, amen. That's family. I got to church this morning. It was before 8. I was running a little slow this morning, so it was about 7.45. And I have a ritual, you know, when I get here. I walk through, and a lot of things I learned from Dad growing up, seeing him do. And you still do them now. You learn from Mom and Dad, and you learn from each other in the family, and you just do them now. But here I, here I was at the church at 7.45 a.m., and I was doing my ritual. I turn on the hallway lights in the next building. I walk out. Now, I check the property. This is going to sound crazy, but I check the property for people who have had a, for homeless folks. Because I found them here before, who've been drinking all night or whatever, and I love on them and send them their way, okay? So sure enough, I found a lady this morning, and this broke my heart. I don't know how long she'd been here. She slept here, I guess, on the concrete outside. And I said, hey, hey, what's going on? How are you? She said, I feel awful. And she was so honest. And it just broke my heart because I thought, here I am talking about family and the family of God. And she has no biological family with her. She's maybe in her 50s, late 40s, can't tell. She's been through it. And she goes, I feel sick. I can't stop throwing up. I've been throwing up the last hour. And I thought, man, she's disconnected. She's out here all alone. So all she's going to have me is me and the medics that show up to take her to the hospital. She said she was drinking and then she was shaking and she was vomiting over and over. And I witnessed it and she was vomiting over and over and over again and it broke my heart and I said man why would people not want to be connected to the family of God right why would they not want to be connected to the family of God you want to have your family and sometimes you say man family wasn't just right but you're part of the family of God and I say man we can't do it alone scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes if you're alone and you fall then how do you get up if you're all alone how do you stay warm when it's cold right King Solomon said that, and it just broke my heart. I said, man, look at this. God didn't mean for it to be this way, and it just, it just really made me sad. I said, she's all alone, and here she is. They're taking her to the, the ambulance showed up and took her to the hospital, and she was just all alone. 
You don't have to be that way. I know she's made some choices. God bless her. I'm praying for her by name. She's on my list now. But man, you don't, you don't have to be disconnected and all alone, do you? There's a room full of people in here. I don't know how many folks are in here this morning, but there's plenty for you to find a friend. There's plenty for you to get a hug. There's plenty for you to pour love on and for you to receive love from them today in the family of God. God created family and he created his church as his creative masterpiece. Number two today. God created family and his church, which is the family of God, to be able to reveal God's character. We went over this a couple weeks ago. Hopefully you can see God's character in me and I can see God's character in you, his forgiveness. Um, you see in a biological family or, or an adoptive family, you see marriage and parenting or just parenting. You see the ups and downs of raising kids. You see patience in daily life and honor and forgiveness and love and communication. And, and you learn in a family, and I learned this from my parents, but I learned this about God and his word too. He's always saying throughout scripture, come back to me. Come back to me. No, God, I need to get my job. I need to get my life. No, don't worry about all that. Come back to me. Yeah, but I need to. No, come back. Come back. Come back. God is constantly calling us to come back to him when we've left, when we've pushed away and gotten far from him. Come back. And I believe family does that. True family. You know, like the prodigal son, story of the prodigal son. He went and wasted the inheritance. He was with prostitutes. He ended up in the pig pen with the pigs feeding them. He wanted to eat the, the pig's food. And he came to his senses and said, you know what? Man, my dad's servants are doing way better than me. They're dressed better. They live better. I'm going to go home and just be a servant again. And dad was waiting at the edge of the property. Some of you saying, saying, man, my, my biological dad wasn't there for me. No, but God has been waiting at the edge there of his kingdom, calling out to you over and over and over again. I don't know who that's for today, but that's the family of God. And family reveals God's character. It's meant to. The church is meant to reveal God's character. He always says, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. And you say, man, what is a pastor for? What is a pastor and the pastora for? What is the pastor and his wife for? What are they for? We're, we're supposed to be examples of good and loving parents, even in our flaws. Good and loving older brother and sister. Some of you are like, y'all are way too young to be my... Yeah, but I can be your family, though, whatever that is. I can be somebody's son or grandson. I'm old enough to be some folks' dad in here, some folks' brother or uncle. But we're, we're here to, to reveal God's character and how we treat each other. And I believe my parents did really well at that. And I believe they did really well at that in this church. I believe number three today, that the family was meant to show how to give and experience love. Now, just because you have a hard time saying I love you doesn't mean you don't love. It just means you weren't raised that way. Or it's very, very, very special to you and you don't just say that. Some of us, we have a habit of it. And I mean it when I say it, but some of us say that more than others. Yeah, I love you, man. Makes some people uncomfortable. But some say, no, I say it. When I say it, I mean it, though. I don't just throw that out there. But here's what the family does. The family, that's God's example, I believe, and so is the church on how to give and experience love. Let's go to Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25. Look at this picture of Christ loving the church. Look at this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Boy, that is a tall order. That is a tall order, isn't it? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Man, that is powerful. Wow. 
So husbands are to give their lives for their wives. They're to give their wives all of their whole, their whole life. They've got to give up their life for their wife. That rhymes, and I keep saying it, right? <laughs> Man, what a tall order. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her. Husbands, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to cover your wife with prayer, and you're supposed to cover your wife with the word. I'm always speaking the word over my wife. When we have kids, they're going to see the example of dad always speaking the word over his wife and over their mom. My dad always did that. I remember my mom would get sick, and my dad would be so kind and compassionate. He'd say, he'd say man, let me just pray for you. Come on. Dad always went back to the word. Always back to the word. He said, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Husbands, love your wives. Somebody say that out loud. Say, husbands, love your wives. That's right. Let's go to Romans 12, 9. Don't just pretend to love others. You ever met somebody and you're like, man, I don't think they're being real. Uh, I've met people like that. They're like, hey, how are you? I love you. I've had people do that. I love you, brother. I'm all, I don't know. But I feel weird right now. And it's hard to make me feel weird. But I feel, I feel like I just got a weird shot right in my main vein. A weird shot. I love you. I love you too. You should respond ju just in kind, right? I love you too. Don't just pretend to love others. Y'all be real. Y'all be real. I'm going to tell you right now, being fake is not showing love. I don't know who that's for today. Being fake is not showing love. If you're not yourself, you are not showing love. You got to be careful. If you're not yourself, it's hard to show love. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. What does the next verse say? Love each other with genuine, look at that, genuine affection. Not fake affection, right? How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I feel like this church is full of love and I feel like this church does really good at honoring each other. I really do. And when the men and women of God show up, I'm always so proud of all y'all because they're like, man, y'all treated us with such respect. And I don't remember Pastor Joel was here the first time in 2015, said, man, the honor and respect and love y'all gave us. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. They felt so valued. And I know that y'all feel that way here. People love each other here. I believe that. There's not a church of gossip. We don't talk bad about each other. This church, I know as a whole, this church... We love each other, man, and we look forward to seeing each other. And we're very genuine. We take delight in honoring each other. Let me get that for you. We got folks that, that volunteer and hold the door open Sunday morning. That is showing honor and love. That's amazing, man. We got folks that want to serve and love people. Let's go to 1 John 4.16. 1 John 4.16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Wow, that is interesting. Let's say that again. Let's go, let's go back there. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love 
live in God and God lives in them. I'm doing it a little different today because I want to just get off the beaten path. I know sometimes even us as ministers and church staff and, and volunteers, there's certain ways we do things and we humans are creatures of habit. But I want to just show you how important you are in the family of God and we want to talk to a few of the family of God this morning. I'm going to do it a little different today. Are there any ladies in here, just two or three, that say, man, I have something to share about that women's retreat. I have something that God did in my life, or you wouldn't mind me asking you a few questions about the women's retreat. Are there any ladies in here you say, let me, let me put my hand up, and I'll call you up, or I'll come to you. You don't, you don't, you don't have to come up here. Any ladies in the house want to share anything? I want to give you the opportunity right now. It's a little different, I know, but we're family. We're okay. Anybody go to the retreat, and you don't mind me asking a few questions. Ladies? Like, you got guts and you got courage. <laughs> Sis, right where you are. Um, you prom you promise you won't steal this mic and keep it. Okay. I don't like talking. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. Huh? Can I ask you a few questions, Mika? Thanks for doing this. You've got you got courage, man. Um, so, what was your favorite thing about the women's retreat? Being part of the family of God and all that, and going up there with the ladies. Praise God. And did you feel God's presence up there during the services? Did you cry? <laughs> God was doing something in your heart. Praise God. Praise God. Well done. Well done. Thank you so much, Micah. Thank you for your time and your honesty. We didn't plan that, but man, she did a great job. Thank you so much, Felicia. Is there anybody else in the house? No pressure, ladies. If there's anybody else, I'll ask you some questions. If not, that's all right. Michelle, will you steal the mic? You might, but we'll fight. We'll fight for it. We're we got a little south side left in us. All right, hold on to that. I know you love God. I know you love your church family. What did you enjoy about the retreat? You took some baggage up to the mountains, huh? Praise God. What? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Congratulations. That's good news. And did you cry? <laughs> Pastor Jen said the Spirit of God was so strong up there. 
praise God. Well, I'm glad you went. You are a, you are a, a shining light, Nick. God bless you. You're going to go with the youth. Man, you love church life. You love family life. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. <clears throat> Michelle, I, I know this hurt, hurts my street cred, but I was on probation one time with my parents. <laughs> she said that's worse. <laughs> Some of y'all are like... Y'all are like, man, that white boy, man, ain't got no street cred. But I can do some tight accents, though. I can sound street, like Eminem or something. <laughs> I believe family, it shows how to give and experience love. And th that retreat, y'all gave love and y'all experienced love, didn't y'all? And there's other ladies in this room, they're like, I don't want the mic, but God did great stuff in my life, huh? Yeah, God did great stuff in my life. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that powerful women's retreat. I also believe, number four today, that being part of a family, being part, part of a church family even, biological or church family, family of God teaches teamwork, how to work together, how to walk in unity. You know every Sunday morning, the things that go on behind the scenes here for us to just do a service, and it's not multi-million dollar production, it's not, but it takes teamwork. For the worship team to do what they do, for us to do what we do, and the sound and the video and the greeting and, and, and having a good atmosphere for you and having the, the temperature regulated for you so it's comfortable and having a clean sanctuary and clean buildings. This, this all takes a team. And you learn teamwork in family. I remember growing up, Dad was always such a worker, man. He'd, he'd, he'd say, and I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, he'd say, all right, we're going to take 30 minutes and we're going to clean the house. I was like... Let's take 30 minutes and not clean the house. I, I don't want to. Or dad would go, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple hours and we're going to, dad was famous for painting. Say, so we're going to paint. And we'd get in there and we'd start painting and it never failed. John and I would start goofing off and Lane, Lane was younger than us, but as she got older, we were still doing painting projects together. And once in a while you could see John and he'd be on his hands and knees like this because we'd have newspapers in there. And John would be in there like this, and he'd be reading the newspaper. <laughs> and Dad would go, hey, hey, reader, get over here. Stop reading the newspaper. You can read that later. John was a reader, though. That's why he's smart. He read a lot. He's got a high IQ. I mean, daydreaming, you know, hanging out. Dad's like, hey, quit fooling around. Let's paint. Let's paint. Teamwork. Well, the second half of that word, teamwork, is work. You grow up in a halfway balanced family, you're going to teach your kids to work. Now, if you're not teaching your kids to work, shame on you. You need to teach them to work. My grandpa Treadwell said this so wisely. He said, son, he said, parents are, are releasing a bunch of nuts into an unsuspecting society. That's not the word he used, but I'm not going to use the word he used. It's a little harsh. He said they're releasing people into an unsuspecting society. Yeah, kids, and they don't know how to work. I said, man, why? There's no work at home. No, we were always working. We were always working. Hey, go clean that up. And dad had a crew, man. They gave birth to three kids. Mom had three kids and dad, and we were a work crew. Go run the vacuum. I was, okay, I'm going to run the vacuum, and I'd try to run it and try to hurry. And, and, and then he said, you, dad would do that too. Hey, you, if you're standing there looking bored or dumb or out of it, He'd go, hey, you, get over here. Come here. They know that's why they're laughing. I'm quoting dad. You, 
And then, I mean, I'd be stirring him up and instigating and doing stuff and pinching one of them and having a good old time. And he'd say, okay, we're going to paint or we're going we're gonna to do this. Or you, go get all the dirty clothes. We're going to do this. And now we're multitasking. It was awesome. We were a team. And we go to church together. And you say, man, it's just because, it's just because he was a pastor that y'all learned to live right. But you know what? Sometimes the devil really attacks pastors' families. Really does. People give them a hard time, and they have a hard time because they're meant to be an example. But there was no question with us growing up, no question of whether we're going to go to church or not. You say, oh, no, it's just because he's a pastor. No, I've seen some pastors' families where they struggle to get the kids or the teenagers to church. But I learned real quick that I didn't run the house. I learned real quick that mom and dad did. And there was a balance there for honor and respect and unity. And here's a big word, order. I remember one time I said, well, I'm leaving. Dad goes, okay, see you later. And I said, all right, I'm going to go get my clothes. He said, no, you leave the clothes here. I said, I paid for them. He said, it doesn't matter. I gave you the money to pay for them. <laughs> or I let you work to pay for them. I don't remember how the conversation went. And I went, it didn't take me long. And I didn't have to be real bright. I went like this. I went, um, okay, I guess I'll stay. <laughs> I guess I'm staying because I can't go naked into the streets. So I figured I had a plan. There you go. I figured I had a plan to hit the streets, right? But I was just bluffing anyway. I didn't want to leave. So we learned how to work together, how to walk in unity. We understood order. We understood unity and team building. And man, I've learned this. If you don't honor the coach, the team struggles. I'll never forget this. Michelle Kwan. I believe she's a Japanese-American. She was a brilliant ice skater. She got into it with her, her trainer years ago. I th believe it was before the 2002 Olympics. Her goal and her dream was to win a gold, but she fired her coach. She said she wanted to spread her wings. I don't remember the quotes she used. I'll never forget this. Well, guess what? She was favored. She should have won it, but she got to the medal round, and she got a silver because she didn't honor her coach. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody, and family, and the family of God even, biological family and the family of God, teaches teamwork and order. You learn strength and team spirit, being on the same page. Let's go to Exodus 20.12. Look at this. What does this say? Honor your father and your mother. Children need to obey their parents, right? I'll talk more about that on Wednesday night. Children need to obey their parents, but as you get older, you, you never stop honoring your parents. No matter who they are, how they are, how they act, the way they talk, you honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Wow. That's a great promise. Let's go to Joshua 24, 15 now. Look at this. He's, Joshua speaking to the people of God. He said, if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods? Your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates River, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, he decided, and you've got to decide. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. You say, man, I had a rough family experience. Well, welcome to the family of God. You've got church. You've got Sundays. You've got Wednesdays. Now we have connect groups. Connect groups are little family units within this bigger family. And they're amazing. Find a connect group. 
You say, man, I need to start a connect group. Do it. Get with us, and we'll get you started with a connect group. Or you need to join one. Everybody should be part of a connect group, all right? Say, man, my family struggled. But you know what? God doesn't struggle. He works through flawed people, too. We're vessels, and we want to be vessels of honor, but he works through broken and flawed vessels sometimes. But he heals us, and he uses us. And I guarantee you, you have everything you need within the family of God, even if your family has struggled. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. This is how it's meant to be. It's how it's meant to be. Is there anybody in this house today who says, you know what? I really need, I really need to get right with God. Or I need to accept Jesus and make him my Lord for the first time in my life. Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. Is there anybody in this house that says, I want to get right with God? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you for your courage. Let's pray as a family. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me. I am yours, God. I want to serve you. I want to give you all of me, not just part of me. I will hold nothing back. Thank you for calling me back to you. Just me saying that I need to be right with you shows that your spirit is pulling me back to you over and over again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I want everybody to look at me today. I want you to go ahead and stand on your feet, if you would, please. If you say today, man, my, I want to pray for me and my family, or I want to pray for my family, or I want to pray for us, I want you to come up here to the front. Come and face me, and I'm going to pray for you. Just come on up. I'm going to pray for you. It, w- it won't take long. Just the act of you getting out of your seat is an act of humility and saying, man, I need God. You're like, well, I came to church, and I know, and that's great. But I want to pull you out of your seat and say, man, so I can pray for my family. They need it. I need it. We need it. This is powerful. Praise God. This is powerful. All right. Praise God. This is powerful. I want you to bow your heads just right where you are. And I'm going to speak life over you. I'm not going to pray and lay hands over every one of you unless I feel led to do so with someone in particular. But you've come at the right time, and this is your moment. This is a divine appointment with God. God is changing your family tree even now. God is changing. He's changing what you inherited genetically and spiritually. He's changing it so that your legacy, your family tree will be different. It will be blessed like never before. It will be unusually blessed. God is speaking to us right now. My wife and I were talking earlier, man, about the overflow and more than enough. The God who is more than enough, your God is more than enough, and he's doing something wonderful in your lives. Just receive now in Jesus' name, right where you are. Go ahead and raise your hands and just receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You want to pray for that family right now and for yourselves. We agree, Father. I speak a blessing, and I break the curse, God, over all these families represented here today. There is health and healing and wholeness and spiritual healing and healing in their souls, God, and a miracle 
and good things to come and a blessing and a good day and a good week and a good life. God, because of your promises and what you've said and what you've done, God, and I speak it over everybody in this house today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we believe. We believe, God, because you are faithful. We believe, God, because you said so. We believe because you're not a man that you should lie. We trust you today, God, and I speak life and blessing and hope and new, better, more excellent days for these folks, the family of God today. I thank you for them, God, and their courage in being at church and coming to this altar. I thank you today, God, and we give you glory, and we trust you and thank you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, now don't leave, real quick, especially those at the altar, but everybody in the building, once you look at me, I want you to say this, my family is blessed. We are people of God, we're children of God, we hear God's voice, and we obey. We are living examples and testimonies of God's goodness and His love. We give love, we experience love, and we forgive, and we walk in the righteousness of God. We are right with God. Somebody say this. Say, my family is right with God no matter what. He's doing something wonderful in Jesus' name. Amen.